I'm Ron Jess with Jess for 30 and happy to be here at Lakeland Country Club in Brighton with a very good friend of mine, Tom O'Brien. Tom and I have known each other for how long, Tom? Probably 40 plus years. Yeah. And we ran into each other at uh, the AOH Club in Brighton three or four years, a couple years ago. Eh? Redford. Oh, I'm AOH, sorry, in Redford. Redford, Redford yeah, fun. And, um, Right before burger night for St. Christine's Soup Kitchen and Food Pantry. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember cutting up onions that night uh, for the... You're getting better. The second year was a lot better. Was it? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tom grew up down near uh, UD College. I uh, went to Jesu grade school. And uh, did you go there? You went to Salesian High School, I believe. Yeah, I, I went to Jesu uh, first through fifth grade. Then I ended up in a military school, sixth or seventh. And then I came back and went through uh, Salesian mm -hmm. uh, until they closed uh, and moved to Aquinas. And then my parents moved up to Fenton. Okay. And did you live with them in Fenton? Or? I was there for a year for my senior year of high school. And uh, then I ended up going to the University of Akron. Okay. Not far from Medina where we lived. About uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Now you grew up in Detroit, uh, really in the 60s and 70s. Uh, how was it down there? Was it a uh, good community, good, good family people? Or? Well, the University District and it's Palmer Woods and Sherwood Forest and it was a phenomenal place to grow up and Facebook's helped keep a lot of those friends. But the average family, had eight kids. So it was an amazing neighborhood of uh, just fun and openness. Parents that uh, had great family values. Uh, you didn't want to get caught doing anything by anybody because by the time you got home, no cell phones, no pagers, they knew what you did. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, it was uh, the family values back then were just tremendous because other parents watched you and there was so much communication in that way. It was just uh, an amazing neighborhood to grow up in and I am so grateful for the hundreds of friends out of that that uh, I grew up with. I, I'm meeting 16 of them tomorrow night at Irish night. Uh, <laughs> the United Irish Societies has Irish <coughs> at uh, Comerica Park, and I've got 16 of my friends from grade school and high school that we're meeting before. And, uh, you know, it'll just be a great time. You know, uh, I just saw a bunch of them at a wedding of a friend of mine's daughter uh, about a month ago, and, uh, you know, it's a great thing of putting. I'm also a member of the United Irish Society, but I'm also. Uh, the Vice Sir Knight of the Knights of Equity, which is an Irish Catholic organization. Um, that uh, We've got an endowment coming up now that's going to be 100 years old with UAD College that we award usually twenty to $30,000 a year to um, students that are Irish, that are Catholic, that are going to UAD. And, uh, you know, it's just a good thing of trying to keep our, you know, Catholic religion and our Irish heritage. 
you know, at the forefront and build those in part with family values, keeping kids together and doing things. That's awesome. And Tom's family has a history in Detroit since the early 1800s. I was at his home uh, yesterday and visiting and going through some of Tom's properties, but tell me about that coming here in the 1800s, Tom. Oh, I don't really know about much coming here. Weren't in the you 18... on that boat? <laughs> 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 you know, my um, my mother's parents, um, my mother was a McInerney, and the McInerneys came here in the 1830s, and uh, my great-grandfather married a Fultis uh, back in uh, the 1860s, and he opened up, uh, uh, the Fultises had um, Mac and, uh, Fultis poultry, and my great-grandfather bought it from him and turned it into McInerney Poultry, which was the largest poultry company in the Midwest, and uh, he bought it in 1895 and just proceeded to do a lot. He, um, he had a couple of casinos down in Miami, he had a shoe store in the Stevens Building, and then McInerney Poultry. And, uh, you know, you don't know much about the McInerneys um, because of the time. Um, you know, my great-grandfather turned over the things to my grandfather um, and one of his siblings. And they, they had a shoe store, they had the poultry company, uh, they brought commercial refrigeration into Detroit in 1895. and. You know, the depression hit them very hard because they lost so much. So they were really shy about talking about anything about that. They just went on, they made it through that. My great, my grandfather died in 1845, so I really didn't know him being born in 53. But, um, you know, it's just a heritage. Uh, the O'Brien side of my family, uh, my father was involved in politics in the 50s and 60s in Detroit, was a state rep, and um, did numerous things, had numerous companies. So we, we got to run around, and he was one that took his kids places. To, uh, we owned a fishery up in uh, Epofet, Michigan, so you got to take the trips. He was kind of innovative in his ways. He was vice president of Edel Manufacturing that did, uh, uh, he came up with this idea of doing prefab banks where they'd go in and they'd build the whole bank and then they'd close the bank at five o'clock, do everything over the weekend so they could open Monday. You know, they'd have everything in trailers. So you got to run around and see a lot of different things with him. So, so Tom, how'd your dad's uh, businesses relate to uh, your Detroit investments? Uh, you own a lot of properties uh, around Detroit. How did his investments affect you and your life? Well, it really wasn't his investments. It was just his love for you know, the city, city, his commitment. He did a lot in the backgrounds too. That was one thing with him. He was very, very, did a lot of things, but didn't take a lot of credit for him. He just liked to do things. Um, he was very involved uh, with uh, the Wayne County Airport turning into a metropolitan and international airport. And uh, yeah, it was just, being around him, being in politics, he knew a lot of people, so you're always meeting somebody. 
How long have you lived in the old Redford neighborhood, Northwest Detroit? After I got out of uh, University of Akron, um, the economy was kind of goofy back in the 70s, and I had a job with uh, Wayne County that I had worked numerous, about three summers with them, and something opened up in wastewater treatment. And uh, when I got out of college, I moved back into Brightmore. Brightmore was an area of blue collar workers, but it was somewhere reasonable to live. It was fairly close to work. And um, so I started in Brightmore, um, you know, in 74. Uh, my brother moved in with me in 75 and uh, went to MoTeC. And uh, then I bought my first HUD house right outside of Brightmore in, um, in Detroit, around Plymouth and Burt Road. Mm -hmm. And uh, spent about 13 years there, and then I moved to Old Redford um, in 89. And uh, that's when I, I moved in a flat over there that I, uh, there was a shop that I was involved with building cabinets. And, uh, and that was an interesting experience when you start working for people. The first, uh, first big job I got, I didn't get paid for. So it's, uh, I ended up going out and getting my uh, builder's license. And I had worked 20 years for the county and retired in 93. And then I got into the, uh, I was in the cabinet business and a general contractor. And then I just expanded. I did a lot of work for the government because I knew the government. Um, and I did rehabs for about 22 different cities and, um, and just had a, a commitment. I don't know what it was. I've always had a commitment. I'm the only one in my family that came back to Detroit and stayed in Detroit. And it's just with Old Redford, it was a neighborhood that, you know, it was going downhill and it was just, uh, you know, there were some things there that I saw, you know, and I spent about, about 15 years, 20 years in the construction business. And um, you're committed to uh, revitalizing that area, Northwest Detroit. And I guess I'd call well, what? You know, that's it. From living in Brightmore, I met a lot of people from the motorcycle clubs, and the penetrators, the forbidden wheels, um, the scorpions. They were all on Finkel. And it was a whole different world back then. The motorcycle guys, I mean, uh, they were more into uh, <laughs> drugs, hot stuff, and guns. And so you stay away from them. But they basically kept the neighborhood pretty clean, and they helped kids. You know, and uh, uh, then just meeting the different people. I did uh, a lot of running the bars back in the uh, 80s and 90s, early 90s. So, Tom, why why would you stay in Detroit when everybody else has moved out? You know, as far as a lot of, I know from St. Agatha and a lot of the other Redford Union and Farmington, a lot of people have, you know, that used to live down in the Detroit area, they've all moved out. Why would you stay? I mean, it's a rough area, it's a dangerous area. It's, I, know you're, I know you're committed to making it better, but let's face it, there's bars on the windows and 
uh, around the houses are, are eight foot fences. It's, it's, uh, it's, and, I, and I understand why you're doing it, but, uh, well, I think I do. <laughs> I still can't figure out why I did. No, that's what I was, that was the question. You know, it's something that, uh, when I was in college, I had to do a paper um, for economics just on the city. And uh, we ended up, I grabbed a buddy of mine and we went into the city and just looked it over at uh, just the poverty and the things that were going on. And, uh, you know, we went up to people's houses, we were pretty crazy, and just with a Cadillac in front of a mess. And then you start talking to them. Well, three people bought that Cadillac. They get it for two days. Two of them would get it for two days a week, and then you'd get the weekend, and they'd swap off all the time. And as somebody, you know, eight, 19, 20 years old, it's like, what the heck is going on? And, you know, it just expanded. I, you know, from my family being in the city forever, I just had a commitment. And back in the 70s, I told friends of mine, I said, you just watch downtown and the new center, Wayne State, they're all going to combine. I didn't think it was going to take 50 years, but that is what has happened. And it's just, you know, uh, my parents moved out to Fenton and it's like, what the heck did you do? We're, we're way out here. <laughs> And it's like well, they wanted how, to be around trees and water, and you know. Uh, well, and it was the safety, you know. Safety, after yeah, after sure. the riots, uh, you know, my parents were very scared. For I had a younger sister, six years younger. I had got jumped in uh, the neighborhood a couple times, and it was, um, you know, it's a thing. How can people keep moving? You're almost to Flint. <laughs> you better do something. Well, we had a situation. Uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, uh, we had been out here when we back, got back from Ohio, and we were down there for seven years. Our youngest daughter was born in Fairview Park, and we lived in Medina. And when we got back here, it, we weren't going to move to Detroit. My mom said, move to Redford, move around the golf course, Western Golf Course. And, you know, we just we just wanted to be out where uh, we were we were maybe comfortable. I grew up in Redford Township. I didn't want to go back to Redford Township. I lived in Southfield at Nine Mile Berg, and uh, when my mother-in-law came out here, they're Italian, you know, we're Irish, and when they came here from Redford, they were living at on Brady Street, like Schoolcraft and uh, Beach Road you know, in that area of Redford. And she came out here, and she must have been her 80s. She, she actually lived to be 99. Uh, she was a DeGeneva, my wife's mom. And uh, she came out here, you know what she said, Tom? What? She went to a grocery store a couple times in Heartland because they had their condo over there, uh, or apartment, her, her mom and dad. And she came to our house and she said, she was walking in the grocery store, the Kroger, and some lady, one of the ladies said, hey, Sue. And, and she like was looking over here, hi, Sue. And she's looking around and she keeps walking. The lady goes, hi, Sue. And she says, me? Simple, 
stuff like that is neighborhood stuff where you all grew up and I grew up. We grew up on our porches in Redford Town. We had a field next door. I wanted my kids to be safe when I moved here and love it or hate it, I, I, we ju I just didn't want, I just didn't want to put them in a dangerous situation, you know, and I, and I love Detroit. Hey, we were down, we were down at Smokey Robinson, my wife and I, cool, right? We are down at Smokey a, a month or so ago, and uh, we're watching it, and he was, he's 83 years old, just doing the Motown thing, and it was awesome, it was really cool. He's got great songs, and he's singing, and lives in LA. So he's dancing around, he's 83 years old. He bends down, he, he goes down like, down almost on his knees, but he's still standing up for like five minutes. And we're going, that dude's 83, had the perfect suit. He does yoga every day. But uh, here's the thing, Detroit, uh, we love it. But I said to my wife, I go, he started 40 minutes late. Uh, we're at the Fox Theater, beautiful place. And uh, he starts late and I, I go, we listened to most all of the concert, probably had 15 minutes ago. And I said, Michelle, let's go. Uh, it's gonna get. It's gonna get. It's getting dark or whatever. Now you sound like you say, "Oh, let's say, guy's kind of a puss or whatever." That's that's not the truth. I had two or three blocks to walk down, and I was with my wife. And uh, you want to be safe. I don't. I don't want anything. To happen. I'm 60, mid 60s. She's mid 60s. Am I wrong there? Are you seeing something I'm not seeing? Well. Yeah. You look at the news, you've got problems everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know. Cities, though, Chicago, Tommy, Chicago, San Francisco. We'd go to vacation in Chicago. We'd love to go out there, stay at the Drake Hotel. My wife and I love Chicago. San Francisco, New Orleans. Yeah, the cities have problems, but they're, they're getting to the point where we're not going back. I'm not going back to... Put, put ourselves in danger for what? I can go up north and see the shows you used to be able to say, or you guys know there's casinos all over where they have entertainment. Unfortunately, they're losing their draw. Um, you know, Detroit, you're gonna have problems anywhere. And I grew up, you know, with my mother coming from a pretty prominent family. My father was uh, came from a farming family and but the one thing they taught us was family values and people. I mean, um, you know, a quick little story. It's you always had to be grateful for what you had, even though with my parents, you had to work for things. You didn't get anything for free. I mean, we lived very nicely, but there was still that thing that you did, even on Halloween. We used to get a ton of candy. Well, all three of us kids would get in, uh, when you got done, first thing you had to do was make three piles. They'd put you in one of the rooms. We lived in a really big house and put make three piles on all the candy. And you were allowed to keep one. Well, and then the other one, so we had all this candy. My father used to take my brother and I to St. Francis Home for Boys over on Linwood and Finkel and just go in to do that and give that. 
and it was such a memorable experience and a scary one because you felt sorry. I mean, when you're 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever, and you got to go in and see how people live, you know, and it's not their fault. A lot of them were put in it. And that was, you know, part of the things that I do in Brightmore in that is I've been around Brightmore, Rosedale Park, Old Redford. None of them like each other. You know, and there's great people in all those neighborhoods, you know, and it's just those things of trying to spread that here. Who cares? They're all good people just because they're not the class that you are or that. I didn't say that, you know, well, but uh, that's yeah. all part of what it is, is you get those things where, you know, people are either jealous or they're too good to be next to somebody else. I think our situation was more, you know, I'm driving 40, 50,000 miles and I'm away, I'm out of town two, three days a week and working my ass off trying to build my business. And we have a pool in the backyard. Yeah, we've been blessed and we've worked hard for, my wife and I both worked for a long time and I, I wanted my kids to be safe, Tom. I, I didn't want to be out of, in Pittsburgh or Columbus, Ohio, and get a call that, do you, 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 you know what I'm saying. I'm not well, knocking the city. I, I'm just saying I had a ch we, we had a choice, and we we've been blessed too. And and we give we do give, and you know most of these podcasts I'm going to do the next one, too, and the last one. And actually, this one is just for doing good, man. It's it's for me. It's about doing good. I, I'm not making any money. Uh, I don't care. It's it's about the Minick Foundation, the Varsity Club, and this Craig Mortz has got where him and some NFL players are doing great stuff for inner city kids. Tommy was the president of the Redford AOH Club. And now he's president. Now president of the Knights of Equity. But what I'm trying to say is, you're always giving and you're always helping people, Tom. And and you're trying to build up a neighborhood. And my hat's off to you. We're just in a different situation. Ron and uh, I met originally through my ex-wife when yeah. we were going out together and everything. And uh, I don't have any kids, so my life switched. I've also had. Uh, you know, a house outside of Detroit. I've always kept something in Detroit. My businesses were in Detroit. And, you know, that might have changed, you know, with anything because I, I've mentored a girl for 24 years that was a friend's daughter that had a really bad father. And uh, they lived in Farmington, you know. I mean, that is a major thing. I mean, when I ran in, uh, saw what was going on just in Frazier. Mm -hmm. You know, it's where you live, you got to watch that. And I mean, um, uh, uh, Debbie's daughter, uh, Jessica, who is a girl that I've mentored and I've got two grandkids now and a great relationship, but she had a terrible father. But they lived in Fraser, and I could just tell from being there that that association was bad. And then, um, you know, she couldn't afford to move to Farmington, but with the drive in the car and the, all the things, we got her a house in Farmington, put her daughter in Farmington uh, High School, and nothing else had to change. 
Tom, I... It's just that environment. I just wanted... Uh, we're getting right toward the end, and there's some subjects I really wanted to touch with you. Uh, you, you didn't know what we were talking about today, and I, I got a funny one for you. We were looking at what Tom sent to uh, me uh, to, and my wife, and we worked on it last night. And uh, Michelle was writing everything down and helping me out, and she says to me, Hey! Look, Tom worked at the Wyandotte Treatment Facility, a water treatment in, in Wyandotte. Well, my, my dad, after raising eight kids, that when he was just before retirement, he worked there. He worked there too, you might have worked with him. Uh, but I thought that was interesting that you put that on there. And, but uh, Tom, your community involvement Knights of Equity, former president of the AOH. No, I was never the former president. Weren't you? I've been, I've been with the Knights of Equity, I think, for 43 years. Oh, I, I misread that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, but you're uh, a member at AOH. I was a member you, of the AOH. You help out there. Right. And that is, you know, with the Knights of Equity, um, all we do is raise money to give it away. And uh, one of the things we had a meeting about eight, nine years ago, and uh, we were given the first step. And I says, you know, I'm the only one left in the hood. I says, you've got St. Christine's Soup Kitchen and Food Pantry right down the street from the AOH Hall, where we've got, we've got our offices in the AOH Hall. And I said, you know, you give that lady, um, Maureen Carmody Northrup, you give her a penny, she'll get two cents out of it. And amazingly, two people on my board and four other members of the organization all grew up in Brightmoor or went to Christ the King. And uh, we immediately gave them $1,000 and oh. said, you know what, we'll throw a burger night for you. And that burger night has expanded. We just ran the sixth one. And we've been raising ten dollars to $11,000. And it doesn't come from the burgers. You get $15 for the burgers. But it comes from, you know, some of the, uh, our members and people in the neighborhood that have done well that just donate money back. Tom, I'm, I, 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 I have to get to something I want to talk about real quick. We've only got a couple okay. minutes. Metro West Avenue Club uh, president? And no, no, it, no. I read, now, did I've I been, misread that too? Uh, you were founding member in 08? Well, um, I had some legal problems uh, driving and drinking. And I quit drinking 29 years ago. And I don't know, there's those commitments that to people. And uh, the Metro West Allen Hill Club, some people had came to me because of my association with Redford Township. Uh, in my construction business to help them put together a uh, an Alano club, which I never thought would last. But I said, I don't want any part of it. You do what, uh, what you do, what I tell you I'm going to do, I'll do. And we ended up meeting with uh, the Redford Township uh, School Board. And we ended up after uh, a lengthy uh, negotiation running a school from them for a dollar a year and we formed the uh, Metro West Alano Club. And um, I, by being in construction, and we had to redo that building, we did that one. And Redford Township has always been 
one of my favorite places for my company to work. They were tough, but they were very fair and they'd communicate. And what's yeah. your biggest, uh, you have uh, multiple investments we went to yesterday. What's your favorite property that you have? Got a lot. I, I own the, um, I bought um, the old Redford uh, Masonic Temple. Which is an amazing in, place, right? Which was, yeah, it had gotten foreclosed on a couple times, got stripped, and it was just a piece of property that I couldn't see leaving. It's 100 years old this year. It was built in 1923. And I went in and restored the first floor uh, into a banquet hall with a commercial kitchen, second floor into offices. On the third floor, it's got a complete um, theater out of 1923. You Amazing. also had Rashid Tlaib, uh, her, they came in there, their campaign? Rashid, uh, well, you know, I had it, um, the second floor offices, uh, Rashid uh, Tlaib, uh, when she ran first for Congress, she rented offices. She's had offices in there a couple times for both of her campaigns. How and is she, she? Is she good? She's a great lady, yeah. you know, she is, if she tells you she's going to do something, she does. She's concerned with, you know, people that don't have things that we do. She is very, you know, if you, I've watched her help so many people that don't have access to the things that it would take to fix them. You know, whether it's health, mental health, addiction, friggin' housing, heat bills, whatever, and, um, you know, she, uh, she stopped, and I mean, she was an amazing lady. I mean, when she won the first time, she was in my building till 4.30 in oh, the she, morning, and that's cool. she was back out on the street at 11 o'clock the next day, just doing her thing, and she wasn't even a congresswoman yet. Yeah. Well, Tom, I'd just like to say we're kind of toward the end here, and I wanted to thank you for the work you're doing in Detroit, and I, I'd like to come down and help you more, and I know Keith Kelly and some of our St. Agatha guys, Joe Shannon, and uh, we support you guys, Bobby Miller from Redford Union. Uh, his dad was a varsity baseball coach at UD College for 40 years, part of the Gas House Gang, pitching the World Series. But... Uh, there are a group of uh, us people that have left the city and well around the city who are happy to come back back and help. And if I can help you anyway, uh, yeah. hope, hopefully this will help. I just talked to Bob Miller yesterday, and one of the things I got going out of a request from St. Christine Soup Kitchen was restoring a 1943 World War II War Memorial. And uh, we're just putting that in progress. I had prints made to redo it, and Bobby's involved with uh, his uh, real estate investments in helping the veterans too. I got Paul Palazzolo, president of the Vietnam Vets, and we're just starting that, putting the neighborhood together, and that all starts putting different people together that aren't used to, but it was a good cause there and also doing things in Old Redford is getting people to communicate and talk to each other. You know, put aside what you don't like about somebody and look at the good things that they do, no matter. Well, and that's a racial thing too. I mean, it, in, in a, in a, you know. It, it can be racial and it can be class. 
you yeah. know, where you are mm -hmm. in the, the world. And it's just... Just you, people, right? I mean, let's face it, 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 I, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you just leave out what you don't like about them, which is usually a materialistic or a racial thing, yeah. and just go with, you know, you need everybody in the world to do different things. So, yeah, yeah. we all got to be friends. Would you uh, would you like to have something special here now, Tom? We bought for you. Oh, I just no. I'm not going to have to taste them, am I? This is my first chance, so I don't know. My hands I... are sore from golfing last night. I can hardly open it. Well, you're going to like it. Aren't they great pickles? Everybody here. Uh... Do I get a fresh fork? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> A fresh fork. Yeah, I'll just take now, it. Now get out of there. <laughs> fresh. These have been sitting for over two weeks. Yes, sir. Ryan sent me pictures of, I think it was three or four bushels of cucumbers. Right. 60 quarts we do, Tom. And give them away. They've got a definitely great taste. They're strong. Yeah, yeah.